Welcome to Market Mentors, a podcast for the marketing leaders of today and tomorrow. I'm Fiona Jensen, a director and co-owner of Market Recruitment. For over a decade, I've been helping B2B marketeers find the best jobs with great companies. Together, we'll discover how marketing experts reach the top and learn from their experience. Ask career-related questions you can't get answers to elsewhere. Be tough, be challenged, be mentored. If content is king, our next market mentor is the queen of content. I'm delighted to welcome Catherine Maskell, Managing Director of the Content Marketing Association, to our podcast today. With over 20 years marketing experience spanning a variety of consumer and B2B sectors, Catherine shares her pragmatic advice and hands-on experience on how to find your voice in marketing and take your career to the next level. Here with the lovely Catherine Maskell, currently the Managing Director of the Content Marketing Association. Thanks ever so much for coming on board and being a market mentor for us. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. I'm delighted. Um, Why don't you give the audience a bit of an overview and a summary of your past experience, the types of companies that you've worked for, and then a bit about who you are, your current level, and what your company does um, that you're working for currently? Okay. Um, So, as you say, my name's Catherine Muskell. I'm currently the MD of the Content Marketing Association. I have had quite a varied career, actually. I started off from being a B2C, what you would call a B2C marketeer, and uh, I started very much in the clothing, fashion um, sector. So I I spent quite a number of my formative years there learning at Levi's, which is where I learned quite a lot of my craft uh, that I still use now, actually, and that's still probably one of my most influential jobs, albeit that was when I started right at the very bottom. Um, But I think it gave me quite an insight actually into marketing and the way that it's changed over the years. So it's quite exciting. Well, Levi's make bottoms look rather good, don't they? They do make (laughs) bottoms look rather good. Don't they? Uh, Yes, they do. Yes, yes, they do. Um, And so, uh, yeah, it's it's quite an interesting one. So I I was there. I worked for um, a licensing company for Caterpillar Clothing and Footwear. Ah. I've done homewares with Royal Dalton. Um, I had a brief spell looking at mortgage marketing Ooh. And uh, and then um, my last role was looking after a recruitment company. Ah. So heading up heading up the marketing division for that, and working with a large amount of key stakeholders. Actually, so that was that was very interesting. So actually having your own internal stakeholders, but actually having three thousand fee earners who were all looking to you and your team and my team to market them, themselves and their individual branches and a brand better. Just a little bit complex then? Just a little bit complex. <laughs> and um, yeah, and now, now I find myself here at the Content Marketing Association. We're a not-for-profit organisation yeah. that is designed to help our members and everybody else actually involved in content, actually encouraging the education of content and what mm-hmm. that means. Uh, so we offer training programmes and thought leadership events. And also we work with brands and agencies to introduce each other to help form better relationships and ultimately 
better branded content campaigns. Fantastic. There you go. So if yes. you need any kind of advice or thought leadership or information with Absolutely. regards to content, you are yes. the content queen. Content queen. Absolutely. I would happily take that crown. Yeah. Well, then, you know, lots of people say content is king, but exactly. uh, I think you must be the queen in which case. Thank you very much. <laughs> so um, thanks ever so much for joining us. As you know, we've got some questions from the candidates. So people who are on the marketing career ladder who are working their way up. Um, So what we'd like to do initially is provide them with a bit of interview specific advice. Um, So if we roll into the first question, if you're ready. Um, Having interviewed a host of B2B marketeers over the years, what advice would you give them to perform better? Um, Well, I think there is obviously the cliche of being yourself, Mm. but I think it really plays such a heavier role within the marketing sphere and actually research you know understand who it is that you're talking to what actually switches them on as as potentially going to be your manager mm-hmm. for a start yeah um so make sure you do your research you know behind behind the brand and the individual which mm. i think is really interesting um also i think be your true self so be your best self and represent your strengths actually within within your interview you're not going to be good at everything and i think you know more so now in marketing because we all know that there's so many things out there that it's impossible to be experts in every single one but throughout your career i would definitely advise you know pick some key points that actually you feel you can be an expert in and really focus on them lovely what are the most important skills that you want to see in people that you're looking to hire? Well, I, I always have, um, I'm a bit of a minx actually when it comes <laughs> to interviewing because what I like to have uh, in, in the past, you know, my HR department has quite liked me to stick to some very strict sort of formulated questions, which I do out of, you know, due diligence. But then what I want to know is the person behind the role what do they do? You know, what are they reading? What brands are influencing them? And for me, marketing is a passion. And I think being able to demonstrate that passion and what I look for in a person is the energy. You know, the energy that somebody fills a room with is so important. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's one of my key strengths. So I like to ask people sort of, you know, the straightforward questions and then some off-the-wall off kind of questions, actually, just to see what really makes them tick, you know? Yeah, sort of uncover the person underneath. Absolutely. You know, we all spend a lot of time at work and with people who we work with. You know, our co-workers are incredibly important, and so you want to be able to work with somebody that you can get along with. Yeah. Um, what is the toughest interview question that you've been asked? Oh, the toughest, I think, do you know what? I think probably the, one of the toughest things I was asked was somebody asked me to tell them a joke and I had, <laughs> I had, I had nothing. Um, and so I couldn't, and I, and I, I came out there just feeling like a, I'm just a dry individual. But I'm not generally as, as, as a person, but I could, I literally could not think of anything. So be, you know, be prepared for the, for that really tough question that they might ask. Um, or they might actually ask you to critique their their current work, mm. which was um, that was probably the my most difficult conversation. Um, yeah, because like, how honest are you going to be if you hate it and you think they've Absolutely. really done it horribly? What yes. are you going to say? 
Exactly. And, you know, they might ask, as uh, this gentleman did for me, he said, you know, please be brutal. But actually then when you are, and you didn't overly appreciate it. No. So that was a learning curve for me. When somebody says, be brutal, I don't necessarily mean it. <laughs> Good so try it carefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you were interviewing for a B2B marketing role now, uh, what would you need answering in order to feel confident it's the one for you? Um, well, for me, and I think, you know, tech and return on investment. So being able to understand measurable metrics absolutely is key at the Mm -hmm. moment and I think with b2b marketing you know that's no different from b2b or b2c actually and I don't necessarily think that it's about size and scale you know if you are going after 15 people and you've got 12 as an ROI it's fantastic so Mm. don't get too hung up on everything being a huge number it's actually the engagement number that I feel is the most important so being able to understand those tools, free tools as well. You know, there's a lot of great tools on the market at the moment, mm. dashboards that you can use to really argue a point, you know, or understand how your campaign may or may not be working. Mm. Um, and don't be afraid. I had a really interesting conversation actually with one of our members a couple of weeks ago around the word failure and Ooh. how. You know, as as a as a whole sector, we're you know, and we you know, we have an award ceremony here at the CMA, which rewards progress and you know, fantastic effectiveness, creativity, storytelling, all of that approach. But actually, you know, when you think about failure in the wider world, we would be nowhere without you know, failures in medicine have brought us to, to a, as far as we are. You know, in space travel, all of those things and being open and honest with your future employer about, you know, just key failures because they just show up that actually you've learned, you've learned along the way and that you're evolving, you know, both as a person and throughout your career journey. That's uh, very true, actually. Um, And and as you say, every experience adds weight and value. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can draw as much from things that haven't gone well as things that have gone extremely well. Mm. What's the most valuable lesson you've learned in marketing stroke business and how did it come about? Um, I think this this harks harks back actually to my my first boss, a gentleman called Roy Edmondson, who, bless him, he will be sick to death of me mentioning him Mm -hmm. in in different podcasts and interviews. (laughs) But I think his, his advice at the time was absolutely key, which was, you know, Levi's are just pants that keep your leg warm. You know, mm-hmm. take it back to the to the basics and don't get too carried away. You, everybody, you know, you can get very caught up in the emotion and what you're doing. And, you know, ultimately that then becomes almost counterproductive to not... Overcomplicated. Overcomplicating things that don't need to be overcomplicated. So if you feel like that's happening, you know, take a step back. And... You know, ask your friends, your co-workers. You know, I think a key point actually of being a manager within marketing too is being able to have your team around you who can really give you that honest feedback and you can all be fair, open and honest with each other actually because you have to keep it honest and real because if not, you get carried away. And whilst that's fun, you can go down on that. (laughs) 
<laughs> Absolutely. And then also, it's kind of encouraging other people to come up with ideas, isn't it? To Absolutely. Sort of enable people to be brave enough to say, exactly. what about this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we spoke earlier. It's, you know, I'm not a digital native, so therefore I'm learning. Um, you know, in, in my last team, my, you know, my mobile phone, you know, there's no point in me having a passcode on there because it, it wasn't my own. But actually, my team felt very comfortable in coming to me as my current team do now and showing me new things that they've seen. Mm. And so they can show me on their mobile device because that's what they're looking at. And mm. so there's apps, you know, all the social channels, when Instagram stories come out, you know, all of those things, if people can show you, and demonstrate to you. And that's where, as a whole collective marketing team, mm. I think that's when you really start to win. You all succeed. You all succeed. Lovely. What was the biggest learning curve you had when you got your first senior leadership role in B2B marketing? Um, I think one of the, the, the big thing, actually, throughout my career, and I don't think it's, it, it's probably spoken about enough, really, is that connection between marketing and finance. Mm. And whilst on the one hand it seems, it sort of in some circumstances it feels counterintuitive because marketing are always going to want to spend and, and finance, you know, so the stereotype is always that they want to slow you down. But actually, if you can generate a bond between those two, so if you can make your FD anybody within your accounts team your friend and bring them along with you in that journey, then that actually can be a very fruitful situation. And as accountants, financial you know, individuals, I think they're very good at assessing risk and asking you those really key questions. Yeah, well, how, do you, how optimistic do you feel about a campaign? What, you know, if something is working well, invest more. Really help them understand your objectives and together that becomes a really fruitful partnership, I think. That's really interesting, actually, and no one else has suggested it. But now that you've said it, it makes absolutely perfect sense. Well, what, what sort of things sorry. have you found um, your FDs have been most interested in? From a, you know, if, if someone's now listening to this and thinks that's a fantastic idea, uh, where do I go with this? Where yeah. do I start? What, what would you recommend? Well, I think. <laughs> So in, in, my, in my experience, right from um, the, the get-go, actually, if your finance team understands where you, as a marketing team, wish to go and where you want to grow as a brand um, at the start of the year, you can then, you know, we, working whether you work on a purchase order system, forecasting system, any of those types of things, then... You know any future IT tech developments that, that you want to bring in, then they can really help you and and give you insight on how long you should be considering those things. You know, mm. so that's that's really your first step, I think, in in terms of being a marketer and you know raising your game as a as a profile across a across an actual industry mm. is really getting to know from your own business that you're currently working for, you know, what is that appetite for risk and change? How do you understand that? And, and working with a finance team, you know, and, and you can start small, mm. you know, start small. And, you know, one of the key things that I did was invite, uh, we, I used to have two people um, who worked with the marketing team. They actually attended our team meetings. Mm. 
you know, so it's, it's the old adage, bring people along with you in the journey. Mm. So when they receive an invoice, they're not just seeing it as a pure cost. They're seeing it as, right, this is part of the journey. I know what this is for. I can then process it. It's all those things that just make your life and the brand's life actually easier. That's fantastic. Fantastic advice. Thank you. What's the best career advice you've ever been given or found for yourself? Um, I think probably one of the, the best pieces of advice I, I've, I've been given is just around learning about who you are mm. as an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been very um, fortunate that actually throughout my career I've, I've had training and so things like uh, Myers-Briggs training, for mm. instance, I think that's incredibly useful and interesting to look at uh, you know, especially if you continue doing it throughout mm. your whole career journey, because you, you know, you you evolve, you start to understand actually why you as a person, how you, you know, how you interact, and the types of people that you in, you interact with. Mm. It also helps you really understand those, you know, those areas of of your own makeup that perhaps you need to work more on. So you know, development areas. Development areas, exactly. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a big ideas person. I'm like, right, let's do this, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, I want to do this. Yes, I want to do a podcast. Off I go. Yeah, yeah. But my attention to detail is quite poor. So I have to have people around me who are excellent at that. But also I have to make sure that I make lists. Mm. You know, going back to that right first training course, you mm. know, do the A's, do the B's, you know, the C's, yeah. all of those things. So having all of those pieces in your armory to know, okay, I've come up with a big idea. Can I actually execute it? Who do I need to be involved to actually physically make this happen? Because mm. you realize soon that actually having all the ideas in the world and but not being able to execute them isn't great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you need, you know, you need people and you also need your own individual techniques to learn to understand how you get them done. And then understand your own strengths and find people around you who can help Exactly. To... Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, I think you really then start to learn about the makeup of your team and, you know, potentially where those a weakness may lie, you know, mm. when you look at your whole team as a sector. And uh, one of the interesting things that we did uh, before is looking at looking at the makeup of your team and then how your external stakeholders see you. Mm. Um, and that, that's, 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 that's really interesting. You, and what they're interested in hearing what about. Ex- what, exactly. You know, what they yeah. want to know. Yeah. Um, how do you deal with all the noise and hype in the market balanced against the reality of day-to-day execution, which often isn't given due care? Well, I think that is about actually having key strategic objectives. I really, I really believe in that. I think, you know, I love the noise and the hype as much as the next person mm. and enjoy well, you can it. you learn from that. Yeah, and you, sometimes. and absolutely. And you learn from that and you look at what other people are doing and how they're using the new noise and the new, you know, the new, the new platforms, mm. um, that, that is being developed. Mm. But I think ultimately you have to come back to your own brand strategic objectives, which is absolutely key. And I don't think, Enough people start off with those perhaps at the beginning of a year, at the beginning of, you know, of a content journey. What are they? Just make sure that you just keep going back 
to them. Mm. You know, through so who's our audience? Exactly. What do they want to know? And where do they want to find out about it? Absolutely. You know, it's it's those key parts that keep you real and keeps that you know we talk a lot about it here at the content marketing association that audience first approach and we feel certainly you know in this day and age that that content with an audience first approach is really the new way of actually talking to and engaging a global audience of any sort um and you can't do that if you haven't got those strong strategic strategic objectives mm, mm. What skills do you think marketeers should be investing in for the future? Well, I think there's both old and new, mm. actually. Uh, I, you know, obviously, I mentioned it before, tech, mm-hmm. looking, at, um, looking at all the platforms that yeah. are available, understanding all the metric measurement tools that are out there to be used. Because I think that ultimately is, is going to get harder. Um, because being able to understand each each platform and the way that you talk to the audience on that platform, aligning it to your brand objectives, as I mentioned, you know, that that takes quite a lot of thinking Mm. um, and process to actually achieve greatness on that level. Um, But then I also think the old fashioned listening skills, understanding people and understanding, you know, personalities what people want now, just, you know, I mean, people talk in very broad strokes about millennials, Mm. um, but actually understanding more of the demographics within those biases. Yeah, I think think it's incredibly key. And understanding emotion, Mm. actually, that's... um, in the So as in how how you make people feel or... Why, how people are feeling when they come to you or when they look for your information, your content? Well, there's, there's, there's an excellent book, actually, mm. um, skipping around questions, yeah. I know. But there's an excellent book um, by a gentleman called Dr. Steve McKevitt, mm. and that's called The Art of Persuasion. Oh. And I would highly recommend that. And he, we've been fortunate enough to have Steve speak at several of our, of our events. And even though I've heard his presentation, he speaks several times, I'd still absolutely enjoy it because he talks about the power of persuasion, the persuasion in advertising and how people, you know, how people go on to consider actually messages and what and what they're being projected to and how that is then used and decisions being made. So... So how to plant those seeds. How to plant those seeds, yes. With that seed once you've planted it. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. A bit of a controversial one potentially, but uh, very keen to get Mm. your opinion on this. Gender pay gap and percentage of male versus female leadership roles. Do you think this challenge needs addressing in our industry, marketing industry? And if so, how? Um, I do think it needs addressing. I think... You know, like everybody else that's well documented, I do think it is a shame that we are still talking about the fact that it needs addressing. And I think we need to move to an era where we value the job that somebody is doing and we don't look at it from is a male or female doing that job. Mm. That's what I would really like to see. It's, 
it shouldn't be about who is doing the job and so therefore how much we pay them. Mm. That's, that, that just isn't, it, you know, it just doesn't sit well with me at all. I just think it's completely unnecessary. Mm. I don't really understand how people still see, it, when it comes to fulfilling a role, whether a man or, or a woman is, is best placed to do it and therefore what pay should you or should not give them. Mm. Um, so I, do, I think it's great that people are having to report on, you know, on, their, on their split between male and female. Mm. I think it's obviously causing a lot of people and a lot of organisations to consider the benefits package that, that people are being um, given. Yeah. Because I do think... Obviously, there are differences between what men and women want. But mm. actually, moreover, I think the way that people interact with work and their workplace is changing. Mm. You know, flexibility is, is such a huge part of everybody's role now. So it wasn't just about do women need to be flexible because they may or may not need to pick up children mm. or look after somebody you know elderly. But actually, men want to be at home and working from home. Mm. You know, other people now have a lot more interests outside of work. Do they want more time to have to explore those interests? And actually, if they can, does that make them a better employee because they're far more engaged, because they're just far more enthused about their life? And I think that's, you know, the, the workplace as it was to the workplace that it's moving to is is changing and I think that's very positive mm. it's definitely a world away I think from what it used to be absolutely um, but as you say we're all we're all sort of time poor aren't we and that's yes. never going to change as a human you yep. will never get that time back so no um, as you say that sort of work-life balance is really key and becoming more and more important to everybody absolutely there's this sort of realization of you know, one life, you might as well enjoy it. Absolutely. Whether you're yes. at work or at home. Mm. And let's hope to God that we can make them work really well together. Yes. I mean, we, you know, we, we here at the Content Marketing Association, we're a small team. Mm. But what I, you know, I'm, I'm rubbish at <laughs> work-life balance, but that is my choice. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I enjoy my work and I enjoy what I do. So actually, you know, and I also, because of, I know that I'm a My from Myers-Briggs, that I'm mm. an extreme E. Mm. So I don't really want to work from home because <laughs> I'll end up getting depressed because I can't talk to anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, that, I recognise that that doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, we, we're looking at cloud-based tech at the mm. moment so that we can, you know, if we can all work remotely, then we will. Mm. Um, you know, we've, we've, use WhatsApp, you know, yeah. we, we've got phones, we've got Skype. I'm really trying to employ all of those things within my team so mm. that they feel that actually they're working for a forward-thinking organisation. Yeah, and it makes that makes the difference, actually. And you find people coming into work happier because they know they have the option. Absolutely. And if you give people the option to come in yes. versus working from home, absolutely, uh, yeah. most of the time people would be quite happy to come in yeah. because they know they've got the flexibility for the odd day when actually they can't be bothered to try and make themselves look half-decent or you know they want to go for a run before work or yeah. take their dog out at lunchtime, whatever it is, they have that flexibility. It makes a huge difference. Yes, it does. Really does. Just to uh, double check around that last question, there was a, a sort of slant towards male, 
female leadership within marketing. Mm. And certainly from my perspective, I'm uh, so excited as you're my first marketing lady or yes. market mentors. And I am uh, honestly so grateful and excited to have you here. But I've found there's a real uh, sort of challenge to get other women, especially within leadership marketing positions, to join and it's not because they're negative about the idea or the concept behind this podcast at all but the voices are are lacking from compared to the male uh, audience uh, and the male mentors who are you know sort of embracing this whole project and program and running with it the ladies that I've asked have been very positive about it but very few of them have actually committed time to the project at the moment hopefully yes. that will change but mm. um you know I'm, I'm certainly struggling to to get those voices on this podcast yeah uh, how what, what do you think uh, i don't think there's necessarily any less women in leadership positions but they're very quiet they are quiet i i would agree with you and i would urge ladies out there to embrace it yeah it, it is um unfortunately this this is part of the process you know we wouldn't be anywhere you know if the suffragettes didn't gain their voice yeah you know that's i'm afraid i'm not suggesting that we burn any of our bras but <laughs> you know i think this is this is our this is our time you know we we are pushing in certain areas at an open door you know we, we albeit in perhaps in certain areas, the door is, is having to be forced open. I absolutely recognise that. Mm. But I do urge people to take part, you know, be part of the conversation, be part of that growing sector of women who are coming to the fore and actually saying, you know what, we're doing a leadership role. This is what I'm learning. This is how I can help my future ladies and the, you know all gentlemen actually mm. in in moving forward and i think i think that's i think that's that's so key i think it's about being a role model and i think men are probably more used to it because they've been protected and you know there's there's centuries of that that has actually that has actually gone on mm. um but i think you know we we have to step forward and embrace that if we want to change, then be part of that change. And the truth of the matter is that you've already highlighted is that there is an audience for you. I, I, that's it. That's exactly it. There is there is an audience for you. And, you know, it's, it, it's about finding. I think also, you know, when I first took this job, one of the key differences is I have to go around and talk to people and present. Um, about a month ago, I was fortunate enough to chair an actual event. So I, I chaired the morning and hosted a panel using live technology. I mean, I was terrified because I was thinking, this is, yeah, I'm using live technology on, on a stage in front of people. Yeah. But actually, you, you find in yourself what it is that you need to do. So as silly as it may or may not sound, you know, I've got a certain style of dress. I know which earrings I'm going to wear. I know which jewellery I prefer. All those silly things which actually, on the day, actually really make a huge amount of difference because you feel comfortable, you feel great when you're standing up in front of the audience, which is, you know, a a huge part of the role, and you enjoy it. Yeah, I I love it now. Now I'm I'm standing up there and talking to people and, you know, understand, talking to Twitter, people from LinkedIn, our own members. Yeah, you learn so much 
and you realise that everybody's in the same situation. So just embrace it. Market Mentors is produced by Pod Audio, a subscription production service that takes the pain out of podcasting. From advice and support to editing and production to music and artwork, Pod Audio has you covered. Supercharge your podcasting. Just hit record and let Pod Audio do the rest. Pod Audio, save time, sound like a pro. How did you make the transition from being a manager to showing that you could strategically have a big influence on key business decisions? Well, I think one of the things that I started doing in my previous role was really looking outside of my current scope, actually. And so looking much further. So number one, realizing that marketing had a much further scope. So you have to be that advocate within your organization to say, you know, marketing is having this impact on the bottom line and you will be having that. So again, working with your finance team, you can really start to understand actually how that impact is being driven Mm. and, you know, what your own metrics are, start to marry them up to the other metrics that are actually going on within the organization bring the two together, see if there is any kind of formula actually that is being brought about because of that. You start looking outside of your own, of your own box, take that information to, you know, to, to your manager. I took that information to my CEO at the time. All of a sudden we're starting a different tech project completely. Mm. And, and that was because, you know, I was best placed to actually see something that nobody else in the organization had really realized because I was in a position of marketing and I married it up with finance. Business and finance were talking to other, but they hadn't got the marketing part. Mm. So just look, look further afield and think about the impacts that you're having on, on that bottom line. You know, and, and your, your CEO will be very grateful for any information that, that you can give him that nobody else is giving. Mm, yeah. yeah and, find that niche. And with marketing, you're kind of pivotal, aren't you? You can literally see the impact that your activity has on customer services, on sales, Absolutely. on finance. Yes, on social. You yeah. know, where's your sentiment going? Mm. You know, are you measuring that? Mm. Is that important to you? Mm. You know, do you, you know, talk to them about... Uh, you know, that, that customer journey, mm. understanding a customer journey. So, you know, in building a new website, obviously now you would never dream of not looking at UX. Mm. But actually think about the bigger UX of an organization. Mm. You know, how do you do that? It's, it's you know, that a website is only part of the journey. Mm. You know, there's a walk up, there's a phone call, there's, depending on your different sector, there's, yeah, yeah. there's lots of different interaction points. So how are you marrying those up? Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, what's the lowest point you've reached where you thought, this, is this really worth it as a career? Um, well, I've had, you know, I've had a, I've had a long career mm. um, and um, I have had low points definitely throughout several times. Um, and some of that has been because of external things that have happened mm. in, in life, um, family bereavements being one of them, had a huge impact. And when you're going through something like that, and I think working in an industry and working in a role where you're leading and confidence plays a huge part 
in in that. I think it's important to recognise when you're when you're feeling like that. So Mm. if at any point you're feeling that it's you know overwhelmed or that it's a bit too much then you know reach out to your mentor you know reach out to to any health professional actually Mm. uh even even friends and and talk it through because Mm. you're in a confidence you know we we can't deny it We, we you know marketing content that's that's what it is you know it's so well, much of it you're putting yourself out there putting, every day you're on the front line you're on, of that business absolutely and if things are going wrong people look to marketing if things are going great people look to marketing but also take the credit <laughs> somehow <laughs> not sure how that works that's when you know it's really working yeah yeah, yeah. well yeah, yeah exactly yeah, when people exactly. run with your ideas you yes. know you've got a winner but exactly you you are on the front line come yes. rain or shine and yeah. that's a very difficult thing to manage you know for 365 days of the year at the it same is. level at the same energy and the same impact yes yeah it, it most definitely is and I think if you know I, as I say I've, I've been through that situation a couple of times in my career and acknowledging that and acknowledging that you are where you are um, and that actually it doesn't you know it doesn't define you mm. you can move on from it without a shadow of a doubt but you do need to get help with it yeah and and embrace that help you know it's a lot of people talk about that mm. uh, in the, and i think that again you know it's as important as as the the gender gap you know yeah. mental health in in work and out of work is incredibly important and your brain you know is an organ like the rest yeah of, you know like the rest of the body and and sometimes that can get exhausted mm. and and pushing yourself to exhaustion also is is not good it becomes unproductive after a period of time doesn't it there will be occasions where you know the the candles burning at both ends and you know that works for a short amount of time but it's not something that you can do for a long period of time as i um i gave some advice actually recently and i said you know think about it even wonder woman would have to rinse her tights through at some <laughs> point or another and and that's what you have to do you yeah. have to give yourself time to be able to do that you know mm. we just close the door do the washing yeah, <laughs> close yeah. the curtains and you know and have a regroup and just don't push yourself to breaking limit and if you feel like you are then again you know have friends family whoever um close by to you know just just ask them mm. you know just don't go keep an eye on, me. on your own keep an eye on me yeah 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 so um with pressures of general life how do you manage the work-life balance and how important is that in today's society well knowing that i am personally hopeless at it mm. i think helps me try and be better with my team mm. um i also you know as i say i've got certain other people actually who i've asked them to make sure you know will you just check and make sure that i've had a holiday <laughs> you know i've, I've got i've, I've got uh, several <laughs> friends who i say to them you know this year my objective is to go on holiday several times yeah um and I, again, you know, we, we talk a lot about brand objectives and understand your, you know, strategies. Mm. But actually, setting some personal objectives mm. at the start of the year may sound really corny, but actually, that really does work. 
Yeah, and as long as you're not over ambitious and you know try to yeah. do too much, but as you say, to have you know two or three things that you want to yeah. achieve outside of work is yes. also really beneficial. Absolutely, and you know, write them down. Mm. You know, write write them down, and you know, make make, <coughs> make sure you just keep going back to them. Mm. You know, every every quarter, just double check. You know, you you can have all sorts of things. Yeah. Mine last year was um, to try and, and have some golf lessons, which I did. Yeah. At, you know. What was that like? That, it was fantastic. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, I need to go back because yeah. obviously I'm hopeless at it, but <laughs> I, do ne- I do need to go back. But I think, actually, that's, that's something that I enjoyed. I can do Ooh. that later. Yeah. That'll be great. I love walking. Yeah. So, you know, one of... Long walks, short walks, what's your... Um, all, you mentioned you walk to work as I, well. I walk, to, I walk to work every day, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I do... I probably... I think over the week I walk 25 miles, something mm. like that, according Blimey. to my Fitbit. <laughs> um, but that's it. But I, I like to do that. That's, yeah. you know, that that's really beneficial. Um, and just make sure that you've got certain, certain key points in yeah. your day-to-day life that you like to do. Mm. Definitely. Enjoy enjoy life also. Enjoy life and, you know, release yourself mm. every now and again. <laughs> what a nice phrase, actually. Release yeah. yourself. Release yourself. Release yourself from it. It's, Love it. Yeah. Um, how to find a marketing mentor when you're already the most senior marketing person in a business? Well, I've, I've enjoyed um, great actual friendship as well as um, a, a coaching situation that I had in, in my previous role. And I would, you know, I would definitely echo that. If you're looking to move on, certainly to the next level, a next level that may not actually involve a marketing role, so you're moving to, as, as I did, in, into a managerial directorship role, then having a career coach I found invaluable. Mm. She was she was fantastic. Um, I would definitely recommend her. Her name is Yvette Giel, YvetteGiel.com. Um, but she's brilliant. And, uh, for instance, using one of my passions, walking, and, you know, we, we had a coaching session whilst we were walking. Oh, nice. So that was, that was really good. Yeah, that was, that was really good uh, down in Brighton, actually, on the, mm. on the seafront. Oh, lovely. You can have some quite, yeah, sort of quite revolutionary moments along there. Yeah. Um, but I think where she really helped me was actually, because she's looking outside mm. in, she's really able to sort of ask you those questions around what is it that drives you and really understanding who you are and what drives you and where you want to move on to next. Mm. Like she was invaluable. Sounds it. Um, which kind of leads neatly to our next question, which is how do you get involved in board strategic decisions? Well, I think, you know, n- number one, I mentioned earlier, just use, use those times, actually, when you have your one-to-one meetings with, with, your, you know, with your boss. Try and understand what other issues the company is facing and then start to think about how your role and how you know marketing whether you're leading the team or whether you're just you know whether you're a marketeer doesn't it actually doesn't matter you know make sure that you always ask for a company update Mm. because then you'll start to you know you won't know straight away but actually you will then start to understand where the knowledge gaps are within an organization and you may be perfectly placed to be able to fill those knowledge gaps but you're not going to know unless you ask the question. 
Lovely. Really so, nice advice. Thank yeah, you. be fearless. Go in, ask the question. <laughs> um, and what's, what's it like? Because, uh, you know, there'll be marketing directors listening to this potentially as well who are yeah. maybe toying with the idea of moving to a managing director position or, you know, thinking that might be their next step. Yes. What, what would you say, you know, the difference is from, you know, marketing specific to managing director? Um, I think... Well, in, in, in truth, the role, the, the role is very different and you have to empower your team. You, ha- you know, you absolutely have to. So you have to make sure that you've got the right team around you um, because you can't do everything. Mm. You know, you, you realise that you're responsible for everything, but you also realise that you can't do everything and coming from a marketing role that is very doing led Mm. you also have to realize you know what are the parts that you really have to care about and or focus on and what are the other parts that actually you have to let go so having the right team around you absolutely key Um, having a good commercial director as we do here is absolutely key having the right team who are empowered um to work with you and to progress, you know, whether it be your team, in my case, the organisation, absolutely key because they, you know, they need to care about the parts that you that you physically don't have time for, and you need to feel that reassurance that they've got it. Um, and so that that's that's probably the part. You know, it's sort of step one. You come in and you think oh, you're responsible for everything. Absolutely everything, mm. sales, marketing, you know, infrastructure, where you physically house, yeah. you know, where, where you house, the office space, you know, the, off- the office environment, the culture, developing all of that. You know, you need other people around you that you can trust and empower to make and help make you know, the right decisions. And how easy was it for you to leave marketing behind? Um, I suppose for me, I'm very fortunate in so much that whilst I'm no longer in a a marketing role, I'm surrounded by marketing on a day-to-day basis. So, you know, the diversity of the Content Marketing Association has grown exponentially over the last 14 months, which is fantastic. So I'm really fortunate that I'm still involved in the passion that I actually uh, that I actually really love, yeah, and I get to talk about that on a, and interact with it on a daily basis. So I sometimes feel quite spoiled that way. <laughs> um, but you know, we have we have a marketing manager here. He does a fantastic job, and I have to allow him to grow. And that's you know, my bosses in the past have allowed me to grow and develop, and I have to do the same. So you know, that that's his job now, and you have to be respectful of that. I mean, he will obviously say rightly that every now and again I will poke my nose in, <laughs> but I try and do it in a, in a you know in a respectful way. And equally, he's teaching me things, as yeah. is the rest of the team. So you know that's 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 vitally important. Important, mm. I think. Lovely. Um, how has marketing changed since you started out on your career? Well, when I started out, we were working from you know slide projectors and acetates and you know, posters in retail stores. Mm. That, that, was, that was it. Um, so it's a very, very, very different world. You know, there was mm. no e-commerce and um, there was actually, there wasn't 
any, there wasn't any computers. I started on an actual typewriter. Mm. I mean, it wouldn't, it would ruin your nails. But that's, so it has changed wholeheartedly. You know, the always on approach that everybody has now has had a huge impact on marketing. You know, Mm. it's, it's a huge business. You know, the, the business of content is, is growing and, you know, content in commerce, all of those areas are absolutely growing. With, and I think the really exciting thing is that they're growing globally as well. So it's not pockets of activity. This is just a global scale now. And, um, you know, we have international members here, which, and we have an international content marketing awards. And, you know, that last year we had 23 countries enter, you know, it's, it's it's absolutely, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we look to more countries this year to be, to be entering and, um, it's, it's huge. It's absolutely vitally important that I think people view, you know, it's, it all goes back to that audience first, Mm. actually. And your audience can be wherever. Yeah, because anywhere the, now. Anywhere now, because the time zones, geographical standpoint, we really doesn't play. doesn't affect content. Doesn't, does it? it doesn't affect content, and mm. it doesn't affect a message. And um, I think as brands, that obviously offers a huge amount of challenge, but it also offers a huge, great opportunity, fantastic opportunity. What advice would you give your twenty to thirty year old self now? Um, well. My big advice is always to be fearless. And Coming from the content queen, I absolutely <laughs> love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, be a queen. Um, <laughs> be fierce. <laughs> um, I think, but I think you have to be fearless. Mm. And whether or not that means that you move in terms of geographical, whether it means that you move for a different position. But absolutely assess every opportunity that comes forward to you and think about it a little bit more selfishly. So I probably don't think that I was selfish enough in in my younger self, actually. That would be a challenge for me. I probably didn't value my you know some of my key strengths and weaknesses as much as I, as much as I do now actually mm. which is why I feel quite strongly about working with people and you know helping them identify their own strengths and weaknesses I think mm. it, it, it's absolutely key because it does help you move along within within your career mm. um, it, it really does I don't think people put enough value on that as I say um, but yeah be fearless Take the opportunity and don't sweat the small stuff. Mm. Yeah. Move on from it. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A mistake won't define you. Yeah. You can learn from failure, which is, you know, what you said earlier as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, What do you do to keep up to speed with the latest B2B marketing practices? Well, I'm a commuter, so I read, listen watch um and i also tend to look outside of my industry actually Mm. that's that's you know uh, that's where i find you know at the end of every day sometimes you 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 know we've all had the days where you just need to switch off Mm. but actually you can find quite a lot of source of inspiration from other industries um and and that's what i tend to do always Mm. have done always look outside of the industry that you're working in 
and something completely you know polar opposite mm. but there will be commonalities um, that actually you can gain and learn from that way we do a lot of that in our um, our events actually in our digital breakfast event where we showcase a particular you know we in we did a, a sport content in sport um, event recently uh, but actually what was really interesting from that tying in with, with your podcast is the role that audio plays and the growing role that audio plays within content and within that audience first approach so you know you can really expand your mind and, and get inspiration from all sources lovely um, you did already mention one book but I think yeah, is there another one that you yes there is um, it's by a lady called I mean it's, it's, a, it's an amazing title and um, it's um, it's called More Balls Than Most oh I like it already I know I know. it's fact, to my wish list exactly <laughs> yes yeah uh, by a lady called Lara Morgan okay yes and uh, she, she talks um, about what it takes in terms of being an entrepreneur mm. running your own business and actually um, she talks in the, in the first paragraph about understanding the finances oh there you go yes yeah so I would definitely recommend that one outside of the Steve McKevitt book yes. as well yeah yes. which is definitely on the hit list yes, yes. <laughs> so what passing words of wisdom or advice would you share with our audience um so my my passing words really are always you know be fearless Take the opportunity if you if you can, and just keep learning. You know, keep looking, keep learning, and you, you'll you know you, you'll find your own expertise actually. But also, you will find I think your happy happy marketing place. You'll find what you're good at, what you excel, and there's a whole new world out there of what it is that you can that you can do and achieve. I love that. Find your happy marketing place. There I you think go. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure that people will have found some really useful advice in this podcast. So thank I you so. so much for taking part. And if you want to hear more or find out more, then um, please do join the Content Marketing Association. Absolutely. Because yes. there's yeah. a heck of a lot more from Catherine to come. Brilliant. Thank you ever so much. Really enjoyed it. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. So there you have it, career advice from a real marketing expert and leader in the field. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Market Mentors. If you have a marketing career-related question, you know who to ask. 